that thing that you are scared to do is probably the thing that will change your life forever. It is true. I was so scared to start Deuce, super scared. Um, actually, before the launch, I would cry for three nights nonstop. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, God, please, if there's a chance to back off, let me back off now. Hardest thing you've ever been through? Divorce. Yeah. But you know what? That's a problem. Nobody talks to you about it when you divorce. You just have to think about it. So some days, it's like a wave. You're going to up, be up. Other days, going to be down. Just ride the wave. If you're down today, stay down. Cry. Stay in. Don't see anybody. Tomorrow is always a better day. And this might be a bit too personal. And feel free to say more no. Um, but would you ever see yourself getting married again? Miss Tala Sahsah, how you doing? Good. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, we've been planning to do this for a while. We did a uh, Instagram live that didn't quite pan out the way we anticipated. I don't know why. I, I think I know why. I just wasn't comfortable for some reason. Yeah. I'm comfortable now. Yeah. You comfortable? Yeah, getting, yeah. getting there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember when we did the live, I was just... I guess way too in my head because what I do here is not live and I can change it and you know play around with it until I'm happy with it but when it was viewed by 70 80 100 people like Mo if you mess up here there's no going back <laughs> you were nervous I was I was <laughs> you were I was what well, you, you noticed huh I noticed you did my god you were I was like mm, he's not gonna pin it <laughs> <laughs> And that's exactly yeah. what happened. I didn't. I didn't pin it. I'm like, you know what? Let's just do it again. Yeah. It took four or five months to come on, um, but let's just save that for the podcast. Have you done podcasts before? No, my first time. What about interviews? Um, only once. Not really an interview. I went uh, from nothing for all these years to uh, being a speaker in at the Mina Mina Retail Summit. Mm-hmm. And that was in front of 500 people, all CEOs, and and it was tough. Uh, usually, um, I don't prefer to go public, and that was my first time last year, and today is my second time. Any particular reason why you didn't want to go public? Is it a nerves thing? Uh, no, not really. Actually, um, I think when I first started my company, my first uh, Tan Gulf, um, eight, nine years ago, I had a lot of uh, uh, people coming and saying, don't do it, don't do it. It's a tough job. It's not a female's job and so on and so. And I've been put down a lot. Since then, I started just doing my own thing, play it down low, do my own business, grow the business, make it a huge business without telling anyone anything. Mm. And everybody thinks I work at some pharmacy chain. So, yeah. So give us a little background. Uh, I, I know many people know what it is you do now because you started do. So has it been a year? No, it's been four months, five months. That's it? That's it. That you've been live for five months? Five months. Um, the preparation of three years. <laughs> three years. Yeah. It took three years to get it live. From like literally from the office, um, me wanting a Diet Coke for like right away. Mm-hmm. And I started building the whole thing until today is three years Mm. not many people realize the work that goes into something before it reaches above the line if you will 
a lot of people don't see what you started. They just don't understand it. And I think people think it's easier than what it is really. So people just see the top, the top of the iceberg. They don't see what's happening, like the sleepless nights, the crying, the tears, the joy, the happy, mm. putting a team together and all of that. And then they just see the app at the end of the day. So they don't understand it, which is normal. I didn't understand myself until I did Deuce, although I had another venture. But my second, this is my second venture. But still, it was very difficult for me to understand and comprehend what had happened the past three years. Yeah. What gave you the idea, uh, me as a consumer, honest feedback, I, um, from, from the first time I ordered it, I was shocked as to how little time it took to get here. I was like, there's no way the scooter went to the grocery store, picked up the stuff, and came to my house. It dispatches from your warehouse, so you have all these SKUs. Can you just walk us through the business? Yeah, sure. So, um, first of all, this business came from a need. Literally, it was a need of my need personally and I always believe when you start a business from a need is it takes a different direction because you put all your effort into it so um, I wanted something fast I was drinking Diet Coke and I wanted Diet Coke right away and um, I was like there's no bakala or there's no supermarket that delivers right away like in Egypt and in Lebanon like the 10 minutes bakal comes that exists in those markets that exists in those markets mm-hmm. which is like the 10-15 minutes next door market will drop it off And I was very pissed off, so I was talking to my team, um, and I was saying, listen, I want to do warehousing inside the city to have someone like in a scooter or in a bike just bring it, like a very simple idea. And then it grew from there, from my home, and I took my laptop back home, and I went to uh, people I have that work with me, and I was like, please do an Excel sheet right now, and look at the supermarket, put everything on this Excel sheet, and let's start from there. And it grew until, um, um, Of course, it, it was an idea. So it started from there, and uh, it changed a lot. And it became an app. It was a website I thought of, then it developed into an app, tech, logistics, uh, big marketing game, and then the warehousing. So what happens is, is we rent out stores, dark stores, like nobody can come in from the outside. You can see the banner of Deuce outside, but nobody can come in. It's only Deuce employees. And we have around today 5,000 items, different items. Like a, it's a lifestyle. So we have all the essentials you need, grocery, uh, pharmacy, um, kids formula, like super detailed. And then we have another huge section, which is the imported section, which we have a lot of organic, gluten-free, a lot of candies imported, cereal imported, and so on. And then gifting and so many different verticals we have. And we deliver all of those within 15 to 20 minutes. We usually don't say how many minutes. When we started off, we said groceries delivered in minutes. And we did not say what it is. And then people start saying, oh, it took 15 minutes. Oh, it took 10 minutes. Oh, it took 20 minutes. But today we have mastered 18 minutes average delivery time. It's really impressive, yeah. by the way. So it's technically everything is like no interaction, human interaction. You place the order. Within a second, it shows. So uh, um, it goes directly to a picker who picks the products and do your basket. Mm. He takes it from the shelves. From the shelves, and he's trained very fast. Everything's integrated. Our tech is integrated. Okay. So he knows exactly where to go. Um, it tells him where to go exactly in the aisles. And within a less than a minute, it's ready. Dispatched. A scooter takes it and drops it. 
the moment an order comes in, do they treat it like as a call comes into a uh, a fire department? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what that's the vision yeah. I'm getting. Like, so the whole store pings. They challenge themselves. <laughs> How quickly can we get? Yeah. Is, and they run inside. Like yeah. That was my next question. Yeah. Are they walking or, or running? They're running. Person has a different um, mandate. So the picker has to pick fast. Um, we have a pr- um, the uh, supervisor has to check on the products, on the bags. So we are after sustainability as well. Mm. So we don't. We have only sustainable reusable bags, and we maximize that bag. So they have to check that's not like five bags yeah. into four two items. They're all stuck into one big bag. And it's not plastic. And it's not plastic. Look at you. I wish the supermarkets would take a page out of your book. Trust me, they will. In six months, everybody will probably. What is it? Well, it's not plastic. What is it? It's like mesh. It's a mesh. Uh, yeah, it's reusable. It's like a fun bag. And, and reusable. Uh, reusable. And then it has a nice message in the back. It depends on the bag you get. One of them says, um, do things for every mood. Mm. So many different codes. And actually, people use it. Tyler, it's funny because <laughs> it would have been a lot cheaper for you to go the plastic route. Yes. Considerably. These sure. bags look like they cost you a penny. Yeah, they do cost a little bit, a pretty not much penny, more. Yeah. But the thing is, at the beginning when we had, we have a board and uh, we have advisors and they're like, go for like a normal bag, don't go for this. But see, dues comes from a place where we want an impact. We just, I didn't just create dues for groceries, women empowerment, um, we have uh, sustainability. We only use bikes. Um, usable women empowerment we have 60 to 70 percent of our head offices are women and then our pickers in the stores mainly are women as well so we really undo it we do other other than that we do we support local businesses so we have a lot of these women who are doing from home stuff that are legal by the government or they have the uh, we take from them and we do um we get take smaller margins like from home bakeries out of home bakeries Or small businesses that just started. And there's so many of them in Saudi, which is so nice to see them on the app. It says local small businesses and we support them. That's amazing. Uh, Riyadh is, uh, looks like it was the second city on your list and you are about to launch there, huh? Yes, we're about to launch next week. That's amazing. It's exciting. It's a different uh, animal, let's say, to the Jeddah market. Yeah, different. (coughs) But I think that Jeddah was more difficult because the Jeddah consumer is a little bit more price sensitive price sensitive <laughs> i'll say it you can say that because i'm the consumer i can speak about myself okay all right okay <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, so we wanted to approve the model in saudi in jeddah first that um, it works faster than anyone else and we have all the mandates that we have are accomplished and then we said okay we're ready for Riyadh. and the launch is uh, what are we today? Today we are Wednesday. Wednesday, then it's next Thursday. Like in a week. Just right before Eid. Okay. What a great time to yeah. launch this time of uh, of year. Yeah. yeah. Um, why delivery apps? There are so many in the market. What made you feel that you want to put your hard-earned money into this sector? First of all, I'm passionate about it. So this is not my first venture. This is my second venture, as I mentioned earlier. So I'm already in that field. So nine years ago, um, again, it came from a need. I had my first born son, Abdurrahman, and I wanted organic um, snacks for him. And I couldn't find anything nine in Nine years ago? Yeah. There wasn't any. There's nothing much. Yeah. So I started importing it for my son. 
<coughs> I was working at a, a pharmacy chain, Nura Pharmacy chain, and I started their importation department and uh, started importing those products for Nura pharmacies. And then slowly I've noticed there's a lot of demand and so much little supply. So I went from there, started my own company, named it Tangalf. I started importing organics, the brand that I want for my son. I actually, at the beginning, they had refused to give me the brand. So I flew to England and I went to their, um, I forgot what city, even by train, two hours by train. And I literally knock on the door with no appointment. Milton Keynes? No. That was a guess. No, I forgot what it was a while ago. <laughs> Uh, and hey. I went in there <clears throat> without an appointment. I knocked on the door and I said, I want to take the brand. And you guys said no, but I came myself all the way from Saudi Arabia to London to you. And then they sat with me and uh, they're like, okay, you know what? This girl is so passionate about it. So they gave me a chance. I was glad. And the first container had arrived. And I actually just saw the pictures yesterday. Um, I had the con first container in my house. And I called the, uh, the transportation company and I said, delivered to my house and they're like yeah but there are pallets how are we gonna put it in the house I was like I have an empty salon and I would like to put my stuff in there and actually they delivered it and the salon was empty I had just moved into a new house and the pallets were there of organics and my son was three or four and I'll be like Abdurrahman help me get me this get me that we have an order here we have an order there and then it grew when I get uh, other brands like Quest, bra Quest Bars, Quest Nutritions it was still early times and so many other brands. And then I grew it to, um, we have huge operations today. We have over 200 employees. We distribute to the entire kingdom with expansion to the UAE, Jordan, Egypt, and, Le and Lebanon. And uh, from there, I was in, in the field already. I was FMCG, I love it. Um, I enjoy it. People look at me and they say, when you talk about the products, your eyes shine. And uh, that's it. And then I was like, you know what? From there, I wanted instead of B2B to get into B2C. So I got into the B2C. It was a tough, the past three years was tough. Of course, again, people coming back and saying, oh, what are you doing? You're doing this again. Although I do have a very successful track record, didn't matter. I'm a female in this space, in logistics, technology, in marketing, in warehousing, FMCG. And they're like, just concentrate on what you're doing. It's better, grow it. Yeah. And um, I was like, you know what? And every time, every time I tried stopping it. Every month I'd wake and I'd be like, I'm done with this. I don't want to work on it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Until I felt one day that God is going to come from the sky and say, just do it. <laughs> you know, I um, posted yesterday on Instagram something that just really, really spoke to me. And it said, I love it. I even memorized it. That thing that you are scared to do is probably the thing that will change your life forever. I read it before I went to bed. Really? And I was like, that's exactly what I did. Powerful. So powerful. The move you're scared to make just might be the one that changes everything. It is. Actually, after I read this last night, I was like, you know what? It is true. I was so scared to start Deuce. Super scared. Um, actually, before the launch, I would cry for three nights nonstop. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, God, please, if there's a chance to back off, let me back off now. Yes. And you know what's so funny? That building up, of course, there are ups and downs. And then like six, eight months before launch, I was on a high. And I was so excited and on such a high. And the day I launched, I dropped. Wow. Yeah. 
and I didn't understand what's going on. Why did I feel different? Why am I not so excited about the project that I've been dying for the past three years? Yeah. And then I was like, what's happening? And it took me a while to get out of that until I realized, and I actually heard it somewhere, that entrepreneurship is a tough game or it's a nice ride. It's definitely, it's not a destination, it's a journey. You should enjoy every minute of it because all of us at the end of the day as entrepreneurs, we look at the end results. Yeah. We want to get there, no. but we forget to live the journey. Yeah. So I had to remind myself, this is a journey, every day to remind myself. And then again, entrepreneurship is, um, I'd call it, it's, like I said, it's a tough game, but it either takes over you or you take over it. Mm-hmm. And this time it took over me for sure. The last time you took over it? I took over it because it was, <clears throat> it was gradual. I was growing it on my own space. I grew it from nothing. Like I said, a company to 200 employees. This year I'll grow 50%. The year after I grow 30%. It's different. Now I have investors with me. I have a lot of responsibilities. We started a team of 80 people day one. So I have a lot of responsibilities. I have a lot of households. A lot of people depend on us. So everybody's waiting for it. So it was a little bit more at stake. Yeah. 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 Especially when you mentioned investors. Yeah. And it. Yeah. And, and the thing is with investors, um, I didn't go for investments, raising funds until like a month before the launch. I made sure that everything before Bravo. that was there. The stores were there. Just m- I want to make sure that I can prove it to myself. I can do it. And then when the investors came on board, um, my friends kept on asking, why don't we want to join? You want to be part of it? We want to be part of it. And I was like, you know what? Why not? Some of them don't work. Some of them don't want to be involved in something. And I went and I raised a big chunk of the fund, only females fund, like whatever they put in. So I created a community. So today, a lot of people, they feel a lot of people are part of Deuce because they were all there. They all invested. I bring them in. We sit in a meeting every couple of months and I give them updates what's happening. So they really feel that this app is not just like a baqala, like a little market. It's more of a lifestyle yeah. and more of a friend. Anyone can contribute. Like a lot of people would say, oh, Tala, can you add this? Or oh, I would really listen to what they say. And oh, the price a little bit, like half a real more. We drop it right away. So all these things, everybody feels like a community. And that's what I feel that gives Deuce that uh, spark. When you say Deuce, any kid or any parent would be like, oh, are you Deuce? Are you Deuce? Yeah, you know? yeah. especially when people have a vested interest. Yeah. It's almost like the child that was raised by the town or the village. Exactly. We all had a say in, 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 in creating this thing that will eventually could go anywhere. Sure. Could be as big as it, you know, could be anything, inshallah. It will be as big as anything. It, it will be <laughs> because it took so many different moving pieces yeah. to, to create this. As far as the Saudi delivery app market sector, e-commerce, uh, is it still in its, not infancy, is, is it in its middle ages? Probably hasn't reached the point of saturation what does the segment look like of the sector? <laughs> Listen, see, there are different kind of e-commerce. And um, I believe in Saudi Arabia, it's still in the early stages. Like you have three big ones in e-commerce and you have three other quick commerce, quick commerce, which is delivers in less than an hour. Um, and there's so much to grow in the country. You're quick commerce. I'm a quick commerce 2.0. What on earth it's is very that? very different than quick commerce. What's the difference between one and 2.0? Okay, so quick commerce, the word came out a year and a half ago. 
So with basically dark stores, delivering in an hour, uh, sorry, half an hour, 20 minutes, everybody after the minutes. And this is a global, global thing. Every single player in the world went after the quick commerce in the grocery sector. And then, um, but everybody is concentrated on the essentials. So everybody looks at the essentials and they're after it. We're the cheapest, we're the fastest, we have the milk, whatever you, so they market themselves, oh, when you run out of milk, come to our, um, our app, you run out of fruits and vegetables, so a different approach. Juice is different, it's a lifestyle. So we have the essentials that everybody else has, and then we went and we built on top of that a couple of interesting products. So we have a lot of imported, as I said earlier, a lot of healthy, unhealthy, whatever you want, you can dream of. Inter- like only snacking and stuff, you can find them, and, and chocolates and candies and cereals you find on our application. Which makes you unique to other players. Exactly. Okay. Got Not it. only that, we have gifting. Gifting is huge, we have, in the sense of, so we have created something called lifestyles. So if you go to the app, you find a lifestyle. Well, this is what I'm most excited about. So every couple of weeks, we change them. So you have, for example, beach it, um, um, games night, ladies night, mm. different one lifestyles. And we have curated for each lifestyle 40 items that we think you should take with you to the beach. And it's done in a way that with time, that we now we influence them, rephrase it, we direct our consumer. So don't forget that the Saudi population is a very young population. So 65%, less than 65% are less than 30 years old. It's crazy. You have a tech savvies. Huge. You have people who demands a customer journey. That's number one to them. Speed, a lot of options. So to cater to those, you need to create something that goes for them. Mm-hmm. So they don't want to wait and go over snacking. They have 200 chips. When they go to the beach, for example, they want to see four items, be like ice cream, ice, soft drinks, this and that. So we do that with every single category, you see. And we have seen, watched recently, that people actually go into these lifestyles and check, for example, Ramadan. So we went huge on Ramadan. We went huge on Halloween, huge on Mother's Day. So we curate for you, like Ramadan, you click on Hala Ramadan, you go into Ramadan, you find- First thing I saw when I went on the app. Yeah. Yeah. You find Ramadan decoration, Ramadan giveaways, gifting, and then everything else that Tank and Vimto and all the Ramadan stuff. You know why I like that? Because when you go to a supermarket, you will find the stuff that you expect to be together on that aisle. But when I'm on an app, I don't get that luxury. So for you to subcategorize them, Ramadan here or Mother's Day here or beach here, you're doing me a favor as, an, as a consumer. Exactly. So Eid, we have uh, launched the Eid 10 days before Eid icon. You click on Eid. And you'll find all Eid decorations, all idea bags, and then all the boxes, chocolate boxes, and so on. So we became like uh, a reference, a friend. We're no longer a, a bakala, where your friend. Yeah. You want you have a people ga- gathering. There's ladies' night. You click on ladies' nights. We put the cheese and the we curate the olives, mm. the biscuits. What we think you should have when you have your friends over. You know. You actually save time when when doing the shopping. Well, a you're not going to the supermarket. Um, and Actually, it's faster. Instead of sending the, your driver to pick it up, and what do I buy? And then coming back, saves you times. It saves you benzene. Yep. People don't think of that True. too. They say, oh, delivery is like 10, 11, 12 reals. But benzene and time. What do you know now about the space? 
or the business, we're going to talk, we're going to stay on business for, for a bit longer, that you wish you knew starting off. And I'm not going to say starting off when you launched live. No, two, three years ago when it was a concept. One thing you wish you knew now. Sorry, one thing that you wish you knew then on fasting. Um, I wish I started earlier. Wow, good one. I wish I didn't listen to a lot of people. When you know, you know. You do your due diligence, you take a risk, and you do it. Do you feel it in the gut when I it's... Feel it in the gut. Yeah. I feel it in the gut. It's just, I know where it is. What did those who were giving you negative things that discouraged you from starting, what were some of the things you were hearing? <clears throat> I'll always hear, why are you getting to this space? It's so challenging. I'll be like, yeah, but I have another big challenging business that it succeeded. Until today, alhamdulillah, it's doing amazing. It's the leading in the industry. And they're like, yes, but this is different. <laughs> another thing, oh my God, everybody's eating you alive. The competition, you're nothing to them. So many encouraging thoughts and ideas and trying to convince me to stop it. It's not like, oh, this is what we think. To an extent, with a random person I saw, like from PwC at a, at a conference, a friend of a friend, and I just asked him, Randy, what do you think of this? Don't get into it. It's a bloodbath. You can never stand out. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. And it did actually stop me. It delayed. It delayed, yeah. it delayed a lot. It's really delayed it, unfortunately. Imagine if you continued listening to these people, Tala. I did for a while. and um, until, until you didn't. Until I didn't. Until I didn't. And so honestly, you still have that voice in your head that keeps some time. And until today, I'll wake up, I'll be like, why did I start it? Why did I start why it? Why did I start it? It's a lot of work. Yeah. And then less than an hour later, I'll be like, I love this. Yeah, yeah. I'm born for this. When you get one of those filthy days where you do question, what am I doing and why am I doing it? Uh, do you speak to yourself in a way where you try not to you know, lose your mind, where you tell yourself positive things? How do you manage to get past one of those very difficult days? Actually, the thoughts come really creeps into my mind, my mind and it takes over sometimes. And the way I speak to myself for a second, I'll be like, why did you start it? Why? And then literally, right away, I'll be like, you know what? You love it. It's your dream. You've been planning for it for a while. I'm passionate about it. And that challenge, I love that challenge. And it just keeps me going. Mm. So I always look at the positive side of it. How excited I am. How what I've done, a difference in people's lives and the excitement, and I remember people's faces when they say, oh, you're Deuce, we love Deuce, even people who don't know me. It's like she's the Deuce lady. And what I love about it as well, but I share the success every milestone with everybody around me. I remember those moments, but you know what? I always think and I picture the end result, which I shouldn't be doing much, but I do. And I remember, I, I think how will I feel when that happens? And that takes over my body and just makes me. Is that what keeps you going, though? Yeah. People's reactions to this thing that you created? Yes, for sure. See, when I did tan, I was alone. 
Being a CEO is a very lonely job. It's lonely at the top. Very lonely at the top. I did that with Tan Gulf. And then from there, um, I have a friend of mine joined. He's brilliant uh, with Tan. And after doing that, I started with Deuce. I have got with me advisors and people on the top as well. So it, we can challenge each other. I don't want to be lonely. And having the people around me investing, friends be involved, we always have those ideas and pass on everything that is like whatever they want. They say, Tana, can you get this? Can you? I feel like there's an involvement, city involvement. Surely you being an entrepreneur and business savvy isn't something that came from nowhere. Do you know who gave it to you? Who made you the, the person who is, you know, the go-getter that you are? Yeah, my father. My father's a doctor, but he's an entrepreneur as well. So he studied medicine, and then, but he was kept on doing things on the side. So us growing up, it was normal to have several businesses around you. Some of them don't do well, but some of them will do well. So um, my father was, uh, uh, now he's not tough anymore. But when we were younger, he was so tough. Like I'd be scared of him the whole time. Any time other than studying time or fun time, I'll be around him. But if there's schools happening around, like weekdays, I want to be, st- I want to stay away from him because he'd be like, if you just pass in front of him, did you study? Did you read more? Did you do this and that? So growing up, I was like, oh, nobody does any of what we do. Why did you get books from England to study extra curriculum on Fridays? Who wants to do that? It was really tough, you know? And then um, growing, and then after we graduated, I graduated, um, he said, you graduate, you have a job. That's it. So before I graduated, I had a job already. I was corporate banking. And I went after it. And he's like, no, he will not give us a single penny. And me and my sister were like, why is he being like that? Little did I know, he created who I am today. And he was doing it on purpose. And um, he is my biggest supporter, I must say. Um, when I went to him and I said, I want to start my own business. Okay, I'm a junkie. I did so many businesses in my life. So many. Different kind of, different places. And... and um, and growing up around that atmosphere, and there's always business going on, fail or non-fail, it made me feel like if even if something had failed, what do I learn from this? What did I gain? What should I do? What do I do? And it just kept on going. And then my father was like, don't worry, it'll be fine, but you have to work harder, harder and harder and harder. And there were some failures, huh? Yeah, yeah, for sure. How did you look at them as they were happening. Now you look at them and I'm sure you think, oh, blessing, because it made me the person I am today. But at the time, were you devastated? Did you look at it positively? No, I was like, oh, okay. I did look at them positively, honestly. Most of them. But most of them failed for either I don't want to continue on it. It was early stages, I had my first son. So I did from selling dresses online to to being working in a laboratory, photography laboratories, to so many things I've done. To uh, I, We started something called Lunchbox. We sent healthy uh, boxes to schools. That was 12 years ago. We did so much. And then I'll be like, you know what? It's a good idea, that. Yeah, that was a To good avoid idea. them eating school food? Yes. Okay. And it was a good idea. I was doing well. And then I got so down with it because we had to be awake all night and sleep at 8 in the morning because we had to deliver oh at 6 in the morning. Gracious. And my son was 10 months old, so it didn't suit me. Every business served that space and that time. 
that, that you needed it that to I serve needed. that part of your life. Exactly. Yeah. It's funny how life can take you to selling dresses, to creating lunchboxes, to uh, the pharmacy in some capacity. And, and, and now it's almost like what you do today is the reasons for its success is because everything you've done has contributed in its own way to this. Sure. You needed a little bit of that lunchbox for Deuce to be what it is, a little bit of that pharmacy, maybe from a back office perspective. You need a little bit of the dresses. It's yeah. interesting that there's no such thing as a waste of time. True. You know what? Um, I, I've been always thinking, how do I get into the FMCG world? And I'm so passionate about it and I had no idea until up to two months ago. Like even with Tangulf and all of that, where did it come from? Until um, I didn't know how did I get into the FMCG world. Up to three months ago, I went to, um, I had a meeting with PNG, and I go into the offices and I walk in and I, I look at Pampers and all the other brands and Pampers wipes. And then I, I was like, ah, I did apply when I first graduated from college. I applied to PNG and to Unilever. And uh, I applied twice to PNG. And uh, I didn't get in. So uh, I got a meeting with the head of commercial and I was talking to him about Deuce. We wanted PNG on board with Deuce. And he's like, how did you start your business? What did you do before? And I was like, oh, we are Tan Gulf. So he's like, oh, you're water wipes. I was like, I am water wipes. He said, you give us a hard time in the market. You give Pampers a hard time in the market. So I looked at him and I was like, you know what? I did apply to PNG 15 years ago, twice. I'm not good enough for you. Mm. And today I come back and I compete with you. How am I, how am and I, I said, you know what? Thank you for not accepting me. Yeah, yeah. Water Wipes is your brand? Yeah, we're the distributors in From. Saudi. And how are you competing with Pampers? Um, Do they have something similar? Um, they created something similar. Okay. Uh, but Water Wipe is 99.9% .9 water. And it's a certain technology they have used with their wipes to keep them moist, to clean. Mm -hmm. So it's a technology more than just a wipe with water. There's a lot of um, competition today, but still Water Wipes leads the market. You have kids, you have three of them. Yes, I have three kids. So you're very familiar to the schooling system and how that works, and maybe you're fond of it, maybe you're not. What bothers you the most out of the schooling system? Maybe it's a subject that you feel should be taught that isn't taught, maybe it's more. I always say that schooling doesn't teach you how to become a leader or entrepreneur. It teaches you to uh, study, read, don't do a mistake, don't go out of your comfort zone, and um, be obedient. Be obedient. Never think outside of the box. They ask a question, you have to answer the answer. What, whatever you read, you answer. So it's really putting you in a box. That's how I think of schooling. And um, a lot of it, until today, unfortunately, it is the same. My daughter, um, just had an incident with my daughter. She's nine years old, and I think she did um, an audition for the play for the school. and. They said, oh, she didn't get in. I was like, okay, fine. A month later, my daughter comes and says, Mama, I really think I deserve to be on the play. Tomorrow there's another auditioning. I want to go, please. And I was like, Mama, but you didn't get in the first time. She said, I'm sure it was a mistake. It wasn't me. So she was so passionate. And like she knew she de deserved to be on that show. I was like, you know what? Go tomorrow. Try your luck. Tell them I deserve to be on the show. So she goes, poor little girl. Because <laughs> she really wanted to go. And I couldn't say, no, just don't go. I love how determined she is. Very determined, very much like me. <laughs> Good. So I teach her that as well. So she went and uh, the school calls me 
15 times and calls my father and her father, my daughter's father. And they're like, why did you, like, I've been calling, calling at 7 in the morning on a Friday. And I was like, what's going on? They're like, where, why did you send your daughter? I was like, well, she wanted to come. And they're like, yeah, but she didn't get in the first time. We're not going to take her again. We didn't allow her to do anything today. She sits in the corner. We had to watch her. They were really aggressive about it. And I flipped. And I was like, if I was a teacher, I'll be like, this little girl came in again. You know what? It means a lot. A confidence. She has a character. She has a character. Yeah. So um, I was about to write an email. And I was like, let me sleep on it. I have learned something to sleep on a lot of things and decide the second day if I still want to do that or not. And then the second day, they, I think they, they discussed it internally. And then uh, they called my daughter in. And they called me and said, actually, this is an amazing behavior. Um, we want her on the show. But in general, this is what they are taught. The first thing they said, why did you send her? Until it was a discussed subject and matter. Why don't we have those kids explore themselves in a the sense of um, teaching them how to become leaders, think out of the side of the box, doing projects, so many of that that we don't have today. Yeah. I don't think schooling system is made for entrepreneurs. No, it's not. It's not. It's made to keep the system going. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. What is it? I think... I read that in the last 200 years, it's one of the only ways of operations that hasn't changed. The most is when they do the grouping according to your level. and Of intelligence. Of intelligence, yeah. exactly. And that means the <coughs> A stays with the A's, and then the mediocre stays mediocre, and then the challenging, challenged kids stay challenged. Yeah. And my son has one of, um, in one of the subjects, he's challenged. And he's like really on the bottom. And I was like, why? That's he's where a smart I was. kid. Mm. Yeah. I was like, he's a smart kid. You should put him with others to challenge himself. You know, so and my second one is, is is quite like in the same subject, quite brilliant in that subject. So they're different. But everybody has a stronger um uh, traits and the others has weaker ones, which is normal, but they don't cherish it. They don't look at it yeah. differently, you know? Yeah. That's a f completely flawed way of operation that mm. too. Seg segregating based on intelligence. Not only that, actually, um, what's funny that I complain, we all complain hmm. about thinking out of the box and not always follow the rules that the schools, they want you to obey. But my, when my son comes home, unfortunately, I tell him the same. Listen to your teacher, do what you ask for. <laughs> Although I'm against the system, but this is the only way to make it today. Yeah. You know, I don't want to take the risk with my son. That's another thing. So we're like, listen to obey, write what they ask for, follow the rules. Be submissive. Be submissive. I, I was always that. a rebel. I was always a rebel. What used to piss you off or what in people pisses you off? Nothing pisses me off, really. I was a very happy, happy person. And I just do what I think is the right thing to do. Till today? Till today. I am, uh, some friends say, oh, Tala, you're so lucky you get things the way you want. I was like, no, I'm very resilient. See, people don't see what's happening inside. They just see from the outside. I'm very resilient. Um, I always say, uh, I actually I never knew what it meant. It's something in Arabic, I'll say it. And it says, um, Up to a couple of months ago, I heard it again. And it, it resonated with me. This is what I think. I think. The sky's the limit. I dream big. Since I was a kid, I always dreamt big. And I keep on dreaming and dreaming and dreaming. But dreaming without a plan is just a dream. Yeah. 
So I dream and I go after it. A lot of my friends dream, but they just sit on the couch, they don't do anything. So whatever it is, from a small thing to a big thing to a company to a trip or to whatever, I literally, I want to go here, like to, I want to go to Germany, I want to go to London, whatever, I just go and plan it the second day. And you go. Or, sorry? And you, do, and you do it and you follow through with it almost yeah. Imp- impulsively. Yeah, no, but another thing, I do have that side. At the same time, I'll plan part of the trip <laughs> and the rest the day before. Okay. So I have the balance between, I'm not very rigid, I plan some of it just to make sure it's on the plan. And then I go and plan the second. I don't plan the other plans, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's a mix of both. Hardest thing you've ever been through? <clears throat> uh, divorce. Yeah. How long ago? Um, eight, nine years ago, eight years ago. I had, uh, I have three, I had three kids under the age of six, single mom. And I had just started my first company. My goodness. At the same time. Do you have a minute for yourself? No. But see, I don't know if I'm a kind of a person who's used to having a minute for themselves. I feel like I have to be on the go all the time. So that was the toughest time. Being a single mom, raising three little kids. Um, Their father is very um, available for them. He's a great dad. But still, um, see, when you divorce, unfortunately, nobody comes and tells you that uh, something chemically goes off in the people's brains. That's why you find a lot of moms or dads, they just flip. It's really chemical, I feel. Yeah, I was very much hands-on. I'm, I'm a very much hands-on mom. In general, I like to control hands-on work, kids. Make I, sure I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> So until I have a friend of mine, a good therapist, and I spoke to her and I was like, listen, what's happening? I need to know what's happening. Just tell me how long would it take? I understand that I'm not, I'm all over the place. Just tell me how long would it take? And she said, Talal, see, it takes usually two years. In your situation, you've been married for this much, a year to two years, she said. And I knew what was going to happen. It was, but it was tough. But I knew that it's not, I'm not going to be like that forever. And actually, two years later, just everything went back to normal. After the divorce. After the divorce. After two years of the divorce, were you as happy as you've ever been? I was so happy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it takes a long time because it's a hell of an adjustment. Because all you know is life with that person. Yeah. Not only that, it's just the the uncertainty of life. What am I going to do now? Where is it going to go? But you know what? That's a problem. Nobody talks to you about it when you divorce. Just tell, you just have to think about it. So some days, it's like a wave. You're going to up, be up, other days going to be down. Just ride the wave. If you're down today, stay down. Cry, stay in, don't see anybody. Tomorrow is always a better day. I have a friend of mine, one of my closest friends. So I feel a little bit shaky when I first divorced. She'll be like, Tala, the end of the day is in a couple of hours. You're going to wake up to another good day, probably. And it's true, the minute I think of that, and it's just temporary, I wake up the second day, it's a beautiful day, I have beautiful kids, I have a good job, I have a good company running. So you just have to talk to yourself the whole time. I think more of, of that. Positive affirmations. Yeah. Um, how did the kids, they were young at the time, I'm sure, uh, was that one of your biggest concerns, that how your, how your kids will handle uh, the divorce? 
I didn't think about it much then. Later on, I thought of it. When it first happened, I didn't think of it. They were kids. I didn't understand much. I was young too. <laughs> I didn't understand much either. You got married young? I got married young. How old? 25, I think, or 24, 25. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I had the, my first son right away, and then my second son right away, and my third daughter, and then boom, 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 boom. I have time to adjust. But um, it was pretty, I didn't think about it. I was young myself. I didn't think about, oh, what's going to happen to my kids or this and that. It just, and, but later on, I thought of it. And I was like, ugh. Today, I think about it a lot, more than any other time. I have a 13 years old, an 11, and 9. What's going to happen? You know, challenging ages. I never thought of this challenging ages, 11 and 13, especially yeah. 13. Ugh. So. She's not in trouble. <laughs> Adam is still so young. <laughs> Six years away from that. Yeah, it passes by so fast, by the way. Um, I've seen how quickly it, we went from zero to five and a half. Yeah. 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 You just, like, if I'd go back in time, I'd want to spend more time with them when they're younger. And, like, I don't have every, like, today, whatever I say, I have to hear, like, an echo. <laughs> it just doesn't stop. I was like, can you just say okay? Yeah. Why? Why are we doing this? For what? We don't want to go here. Why would we go here? You know? So enjoy them as they're young when you can move, in, move them around. When you can move them around. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Before they move you around. Um, you are one of the most independent people I know. I believe that you don't need a specific person around you to make you happy today with the Tala who is today. And this might be a bit too personal and feel free to say Mo, no. Um, <laughs> but would you ever see yourself getting married again with the right guy yeah yeah marriage For, maybe. Forgive, forgive me pushing like how <laughs> okay, no. personal listen, listen marriage is a commitment sure it's is. a very big commitment i have a lot of commitments today so if you ask me today it's not on my radar okay. marriage but marriage is a lot it's not easy i have three kids challenging with their ages i have uh, the biggest kids deuce <laughs> I just need somebody to be there to support me. You forgot yourself. Yeah. I, I don't have a minute to think of myself, really. I don't. Anas Bukhish's mom, Hala Kazim's episode launches tomorrow. I'm going to send you the link. There's so much that we can all learn from it, by the way. Yeah. You will love her episode. I'm sure. And she talks about how there's this one part where she said, I just had to leave it all and, and go to Spain or Austria and put me first and become my own best friend. I believe she said that she couldn't stand herself at one point. She didn't know herself. And, and, and only when she got lost away from everyone in the woods did she fall in love with herself and became her own best friend. Right now, you mentioned your three kids. All of a sudden, we are in a... Psychology, not psychology, a therapist class. <laughs> you know how when you're lying down on a couch <laughs> and then. With the lighting, everything's perfect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to lay down. Some sound healing. <laughs> <laughs> you, you mentioned your three kids. You mentioned your other kid, Deuce. And you were about, you stopped there. You're like, that's just too much. But you forgot the most important thing, which is you. Without you, the other four things are not looked after. It's easily said than done. It is easily said than done. Sure. We forget ourselves. I wish, like, I wake up and I say, oh, I wish I wake up and I have 10 minutes to meditate. Mm. I literally fly. 
Like I open before I open my eyes, my 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 phone is next to me, and there's tons of emails and tons of WhatsApps and messages and and and, and from every single aspect of life. I'm not saying I'm important. I'm not important at all. But <laughs> this is life. You have 200 people under you. Exactly. More important More. than some of the people I know. Exactly. <laughs> So it's it's really tough. You don't have the time. I always say, I wish I can wake up and do whatever I want to do, and I just don't go to work and have lunch with my friends. Yeah. So some some of my friends, one specifically, she keeps on calling me every couple of weeks. Do you have lunch today? I was like, Habibti, I wish I could just run off and have lunch with you, but I don't have I don't have the pleasure. And maybe for the coming couple of years like that, specifically with Deuce. So Tan Gulf is already. Did we uh, talk about what Tan no. Gulf does? No, we didn't. I think that would be okay. a great time. Okay, okay. So Tan Gulf is, um, um, we cre- I created it eight, nine years ago. And uh, as I said, it, um, it came from a need, functional foods. So we are, I was after bringing all the brands and introdu- introducing them to the country, including Quest Nutrition, uh, Barbells, Water Wipes. We just got Voss Water. So everything functional. Okay. Um, and uh, I literally started from, the ha- from home. And I remember I went and I knocked on... Uh, Literally, I didn't know Ahmed bin Dawood. I just know that I like Danub. I went with a bag that has protein bars and organics. And I knock on his door and the secretary let me in. And I said, I'm here to sell you stuff. I go there and I'll be like, can I get in? He's like, sure. And no appointment, nothing. And I said, I want to sell those bars um, in, in Danub. And he said, you know what? Those bars, you can they're not for supermarkets. They are for like GNC and all these um, health nutrition stores. And I begged them, I was like, listen, but this is a future, you need it, uh, the whole world is moving towards this. And he looked at me and he's like, what is she saying? She just started. Mm. Like, How do you know what I need? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, listen, I'll give you three, um, three, uh, one shelf and three stores for no entry fee, nothing. He was really, really sweet. And let's see how they do. And let's see how they do. And uh, alhamdulillah, today you walk into all these supermarkets and... Uh, it's an majority. aisle. It's an aisle. It's an aisle. A majority yeah. of those items are ours. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I know a funny story uh, about Ahmed bin Dawood. So when I first went to him, I was a little kitten, not knowing what I was doing. So uh, three years ago, which is five years later, he passes by the meeting room and he see, sees me like being angry and have a voice and, and, and being assertive about the contract and this and that. And uh, he walks in. He's like, what's going on? And I was like, yeah, the contract. And I was very charged. So he looks at me and he says, if they see this little kitten came to me three years ago, she is roaring like a lion today. Who <laughs> 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 would think that's the same person? Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. You convinced him uh, of this. Yeah. You told him this is the future. Yeah. And it became just that. Yeah. It became just that. So that's exactly how I feel about uh, Deuce. So w- I positioned myself differently. So I remember... When I got the functional foods, again, people like people around me, no, just don't get these things. People don't understand. Who would buy a bar for 13 rials? Snickers and, and whatever, and Mars are for one rial or two rials, and who would want to do that? And today it's the mass. Who eats these? So I, I came ahead of time. That's why I was able to get all these big brands, the leading brands in the world. And all of them, I convinced them. I had to call and fly to, once I remember, I flew to um, Houston for four hours. My God. I swear to God, I was on the plane for three days. Like I didn't, two nights, I didn't sleep on a bed because I was on a flight. Yeah. Flew all the way, Houston. I had four hours meeting. I changed in the airport, put on my stuff, walking, meeting, leaving, coming back, and I got the brand. So I do wow. all of, yeah. 
So resilience is very important in this. So that's how Tangelf grew. And um, today we distribute to over to 5,000 stores in Saudi. Uh, and then we are in, as I said, in different other countries expand, expanded and we keep on growing. I've noticed the mini marts or mini markets across Saudi upping their game. There's no such thing as a average you know, mini market. Like you can find decent quality consistently across Saudi. And I think that came as benefit to you guys. Yeah. These neighborhood little mini markets where it's like, you know, two by four meters will have things that five years ago they wouldn't have had. Yeah. They need to top their game. As I said, we have a very young consumer. Yeah. And they care about different products. They care about uh, customer journey. They care about, they want to feel it's different. Everything is different. They want everything fast, everything. That's why they, they go to the mini market next door, yeah. not to the supermarket to spend more time. So it's, we're in that fast life. So we're on speed. Yeah. And again, because we're a young country, we want to speed more than anyone else. What's your biggest flaw? Ooh. Okay. I don't know when to stop or where to stop. Anything. Or be talking business. In general. Okay. Yeah. It could be education. You just, you're constantly a book reader. You constantly want to learn. You constantly want to. <laughs> Not in that sense. In a sense of, like I don't know where to stop in a sense of, um, for example, I want a brand and I'm after it and after it and I deploy my energy and everything. I know it's not mine, but I keep on aftering after it. I don't stop. And at some point I should stop. It's too much. But again, the same flaw got me where I am today with so many different, with do's and brand, tan gulf and everything else. Even in daily life matters. Sometimes I push the limit and you just need to learn when to stop. You seem to be okay with getting a no. No. In your mind, you're like, okay, I'm going to keep going. You don't have a fear of rejection, do you? <laughs> no, because <laughs> my father, we had every single no every day of our lives with my father. It's he ingrained. was challenging us the whole time. We didn't understand why. Today, I know what it is. So even with my kids, sometimes, when I do something silly, I'll be like, no. Like, but why not? That's it. It's a no. And I intentionally do it sometimes. That's what my father did. And see, as a human, it's very different. If you're not used to a no, you will stop from the first obstacle. I had a lot of obstacles in my business, even in the current ones. Huge. Huge that as any person would have stopped Tan Gulf early stages. Once I got a container from, that's my second container put all my money in it from organics from the UK. And we had changed the labeling company in the UK and uh, they flipped the Arabic. The container arrives and the custom says, oh, it's flipped. Um, it goes on waste, the entire shipment. Or you ship it back to the UK and bring it back out of cost, it'll be expired by then. And I was like, I can't do this, I can't do this. And I was like, you know what? My father was like, you know what? Forget about it. You, what did you learn? You just, what, you just keep on going. So I, every, there's so many times I got scammed so many times with a huge amount of money. Mm. 
at every single step of the way, if I'm not used to the no, I would have stopped. If I'm challenging for those kids today, unfortunately, including my kids, I must say, everything is okay. I think our generation had suffered from um, a lot of no's. So we are being easy on our kids. Everything is okay. Whatever they want, they get. So we have to intentionally be aware of these kids are going to go into real life soon enough from any no that will shake them. Mm-hmm. They have to be prepared for a lot of no's. I don't like that it says men. Hard time creates strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men, which is the era we're in now. Weak men create hard times. 100%. Hard times create strong men. And I think our kids are in the... Good times create weak men. 100%. They're having a good time. They're having a good time. I think my five-year-old has it easier today than I did back in 87 when I was five. 100%. Yeah. 100%. I had it tough. We all had it tough, I think. Because it was tough times back then Mm -hmm. for our parents. And today's an easy time for all of these little kids. And they look at it as... (coughs) So I always tell my kids, I remind them that you're privileged. And my son keeps on telling me, he's uh, 10, when he was 10, Mama, why do you always turn everything, every single thing into a lecture? I was like, it's true, but because they're not understanding it. Like there'll be, uh, some, for example, my son um, is in the British school and my kids are athletes. Uh, they play professionally football, both boys. And um, so we go to Riyadh and my son had um, a game against Ronaldo's son. Of course, it's a huge deal. And my son keeps on going. He said, Mama, if you come, don't take pictures. You're not allowed. You're not this. You're not that. <laughs> I'm like, okay, sure. And I go, of course I take pictures. <laughs> what do you mean? He's like, embarrassing me. I was like, you're going to thank me later on <laughs> for those pictures and videos of you playing against them. So I look at them after the uh, game. And I was like, guys, you're blessed to have this. They're like, no, it's normal. I was like, no, it's not normal to be playing against Ronaldo's son. Yeah. It's not, they have it easy in Saudi, which is amazing. It's a good thing that you can have everything in Saudi today. Everything. Everything, everything. Like I'd, if anyone would ask me. <clears throat> the last 10 years, Tara, the last 10 years, everything changed. To be very precise, the past five years. Was it the five years? Not 10, five years, trust me. I started 2018. Wow, everything has changed and, and the new vision and, and you know Specifically what? Specifically the last five, you're right. With the amount of shit there is to do. Yeah, there's so much to do on. But I always say you need the reimbursement. 80s kids. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 80s kids we and before do. 18. Like 80s, we need reimbursement because we lived both, like yeah. half, half, yeah, you know? Yeah. So we need, uh, yeah, but you know what? I remember people, when they want to see each other, like a couple that's dating, it's the local Starbucks. Yeah. And now Starbucks, I don't even think, is something that people go to anymore. No. You know, you. No, there's so many with the integration ways. of cinemas and yeah. restaurants and and concerts yeah. and you know what with something with Starbucks interesting um, they're restudying the whole uh, especially in the Middle East people are no longer going to Starbucks and sitting in Starbucks <laughs> so they have like four because we distribute to them that's why I know what it is so um, they do have uh, people coming in and out so they no longer people stay in Starbucks and they spend all of this much of money on the space and on the rent and all these operations 
people want everything on the go. The fact that it's still they're still on the industrial vibe. Yeah. Honestly, it's a bit yesteryear. This is where they need to go. <laughs> right here. When I went into Tim Hortons or new sponsors, the moment I walked in, it's oak and not that dark mahogany wood. Yeah. Like I even got to know names of wood. It's airy. It's okay, screens everywhere. But it was just so, it was a lot more like I'm going into a, a house in the 2000s era, the modern vibe, as opposed to our grandmother's house that was built in the 60s or 70s where it's dark and ancient. Yeah. I guess they hung on to that industrial vibe, which, which I mean, I personally, but when you compare it against something that is the polar opposite of it, yeah. that's more along the lines of a place I want to have a cup of coffee in. Yeah. You want something fast on the go. You don't want to be sitting feeling like you're in a corporate area or it's very uptight. Yeah. 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 They actually even make better coffee. <laughs> what makes you happy in life? Where do you find your happiness? Today, around my kids. Today. Today. Very specific. I feel every part of your life has a very different needs and wants and happiness is very different. I go back to my kids and that's where I want to be. So, of course, I love work. That's my happy place. So I have two happy, happiest place today. Work, 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 work. Until 4 in the morning, 3 a.m., I'll wake up and I'll send a message, whatever I want. And I, I don't stop. And the kids. And I keep on wanting them, being with them. And I, my son would say, and I, he, they traveled to see their dad. And I called him yesterday. He's like, you don't, I was like, you don't miss me? He's like, I do, but I was with you yesterday. <laughs> you know? So I think as we grow a little bit older, <laughs> I want to spend... Thank you for that disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit older. Um, we want to spend more time with my kids, so... It used to be my friends. I still love my friends and I love being around them. I love them. And I, I, they nourish me, my friends and people who really love you for who you are. You're a good group of people. Very good group of people. I have a good group of people. In your circle. You know when they tell you it takes a village to raise kids? This circle are raising my kids with me. It's amazing. Yeah, really. Like this is what it is. When people ask me, uh, would you ever move to Riyadh? Or would you ever, where would you want to move to Dubai one day? I was like, no, Riyadh maybe, but why would I move outside? If anyone asks me where do you want to be, I'll be Saudi. At a time when people are moving to Saudi. Exactly. You leave, uh, yeah. I would never move Against anywhere else. I just, it's a beautiful setup. Um, you have an easy life in general. Everything, the services you get, it's getting better and you see it growing. It's like a baby. Hmm. Saudi is a baby, toddler now, growing and growing. Yes. Every, mi- every couple of months is a milestone and you feel a lot of people are coming from abroad to see it. And that's, I love that part of Saudi. <clears throat> I met a lot of interesting people, leaders from outside of the world in Saudi in the past two years that I've never done when I was in college in the States or worked abroad or anything like that. The quality of people who are coming from abroad are impeccable. It made the visa process so much easier, so yeah. that's why we're seeing a lot more people. Not only, yeah, that, and you have a lot of like FII and- Leap. And Leap and FII, FII was- wow. FII, yeah. Wow, that was on another level. Yeah. And leap, and you just look at people excited to come to Saudi. And um, by the way, the events that happen in, in Riyadh are underemphasized. Just the, the 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 sheer, like vast number of people that that are going to these events, and and the who's who of the tech and business world is so under discussed. Yeah. Leap, yeah. I saw leap. It's, yeah. it's insane. Insane. And FII, I think even on a bigger level. Yeah, FII was on another level that I've never seen before. Where in the world? 
maybe Dubai, but anywhere else that, that does these kind of events and conventions and conferences the way that they do here? No. Like, <clears throat> I, I would always compare Fayyad to Davos. Davos, okay. Yeah. And, um, but I think it's like even the standard, the speakers, the level of the conversations, the people you meet, I met, it was insane. Yeah. It was very, <clears throat> like, you know, when they tell you you're in the top of the world? Literally, that's how I felt. Mm. I just feel, look at all these Saudis, young Saudis, and and <clears throat> you wouldn't have seen that eight years ago, seven years ago. When I started TAN, I was the only female in this space. Shocking. Shocking, and in, in operations, and in, in logistics, and trucks, and and, if, and warehousing. And I used to go to the uh, customs myself, and I beg people, and let this shipment out. And today, everything's online, it's amazing. Where in the world? This would happen. Complete. Maybe maybe UAE, maybe a little bit. But you know what? They, but they don't have like our Abshir system. Yeah. I was exactly. told by my Emirati friends that your Abshir system is on another level. Like it's yeah. something that is used as best practices. You know what? <clears throat> I got introduced to a couple of months ago, Munshaat. Munshaat, yeah. Wow. Start for startups, right? For, for SMEs. For SMEs. Yeah. Wow. Like I always hear Munshaat. I've seen it, I know it, but I've never had an encounter with them. I went to them and I was blown away, really blown away. Wow, like all the support they give us, everything. Like they teach you, they mandate you, um, they have to open a company for all these startups. Like what's, what I love about what's happening today is when I started the entrepreneurship role last eight years ago, nothing was there to support it. Today, it's the world. Yeah. They support you from different aspects and they want you to grow, and they're pushing for entrepreneurship, which is amazing. I don't know any other country in the world that pushes entrepreneurship as much as Saudi. You know why you're getting the vibe of it feeling like there's new life in the country? Because people our age are able to see the timeline of growth. Name me another country that were completely different to where they were five years ago. It doesn't exist. You're either the damn same or you're worse, unfortunately, with the way the, the world is right now. 100%. But just in five years, 10 years ago, we, we, we saw where we were and we aren't that same person we're not. at all. So when you see that, when you acknowledge that, wow, we have all of this now and just five years ago, we didn't have it all. How could you not be excited about what's to come from a quality of life perspective right off the bat from a quality of life perspective i actually noticed that i i actually travel less yeah me too i have to go to new york uh, in, in a month month and a half and i was checking i was like oh my god 13 hours that's crazy yeah it's a lifetime but five years ago that would be my escape yeah <laughs> i'll be like i have a trip i don't know which in hong kong i have a trip in singapore i will actually intentionally go to all these trips yeah to escape Today, I was like, why would I go? It's so far away, but I have to, you know? Yeah. So becoming like more of a toll on me to travel because really, like I don't go to Dubai anymore, rarely. I used to be there every month. Mm -hmm. There's no, where would I go? I would want to be here, which is very interesting how the whole thing shifted. Yeah, me too. I used to go a lot. Yeah, and just the whole world had shifted, especially after COVID. I think Saudi did it really well. And it gives that trust in Saudi and in the government and so many different levels. And we were able to be here for, because Saudis are never in Saudi. Before COVID, nobody's in Saudi. There was a meme. Um, did you, did you, like, did no, you see it? Like no. COVID days. 
for the first time in Saudi, all the Saudis are in Saudi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Oh, we're always on the move. Yeah. For whatever reason. Yeah, Escapism. Escapism. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of the work I do is escaping as well. Let's close with this. If you can pass on a bit of information to young female entrepreneurs looking to dare get into the space and and invest and and take the low take the road less traveled by uh, what would be some of the best bit of advice you'd give them dream big work hard and work hard um, take risks and the most I'd say be resilient Mm. You touched on that word earlier. It's like it's. A, I think it's it is what it got me today. Is resilience in every single aspect in my life, especially at work, because um, we get bored easily. The new generation gets bored so easily. They don't want to. I've seen so many young, young um, men and women that are have brilliant brains, brilliant ideas, but they don't execute because they're not resilient. So. And you know what? As I said earlier, entrepreneurship is um, it either takes over you or you take over it. And uh, just put that in mind, because if you felt it took over you, which is temporary until you're back on your feet again, taking over it. Such good advice because you lived through that. It, yeah. it took over you. Now you're taking over it. Yeah, it took over me for three months. Mm. Although the first business didn't take over me, I took over it. It's just it's funny how things work. Yeah. I didn't have experience the first time, yet I made it and switched company today. And when I came in with experience, it took over me. So it just just a game. Yeah. Just ride the wave. Take calculated risks. Don't go jump off a building, but and dream big. Consistency. Consistency. And uh work towards that dream just don't dream from the sofa i just have one funny story to touch on that um when i started tan gulf it wasn't called tan gulf it was called tala from the sofa and i was married and uh, poor husband supported me <laughs> and my ex-husband sorry and uh, i had a calculator like one of those big ones see i love numbers all my life i was on a calculator even in class i have a calculator next to me punching my number plus your number minus someone else's number. So I had a calculator with me before I started anything. And um, from the sofa for a year, um, I had just gave birth, I'll calculate. I'll calculate the first day, the second day, the number grows. And like, like a month later, this calculator, the number grew so big. And not me knowing, my ex-husband was sitting next to me watching my, cal my calculator by the day. And then one time I punched in a huge number, literally from the sofa. I didn't even start the business. And uh, I put a punch in a number. And then my ex-husband goes, he's like, oh, whoa, whoa. Now you need to stop. And I was like, what? He's like, okay, I've been watching this calculator, this number growing every day. But with this number today, you will never get there unless you rob a bank. And uh, six years later, we got those numbers. I think this is the first time I clap on my show. <laughs> yeah. I love proving people wrong. Yeah. 
Bravo. But just you have to really Hard work to work. it. Nothing came to you. Yeah. You had to go out. You had to go out to the customs. You had to go meet the suppliers. You had to go to Houston for four hours. You had to go to Singapore. You had to deal with shit that you did not want to deal with. But look where it got you. Yeah. What a story. Yeah. Big things ahead, inshallah, for Deuce. Inshallah. And thank you for opening up about a lot of the things that you opened up on. Yani, I hope it helps. People who are going through something similar, um, that's the reason why I ask these questions. Um, and to see that, you know, through every dark night, there is, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. A lot of people think uh, entrepreneurship is uh, it's an easy thing. It's not. Okay, people see me happy, happy from the outside. But there's so much and uh, people don't share uh, the tough times. Yeah. That's why when you ask me, I was like, you know what? People should know there are tough times, very yeah. tough times. Yeah. But you have to be resilient. Definitely. And just take it with, you know what, what's the worst could happen? I always remind myself, as long as I have the health, alhamdulillah, and my kids, my parents, and my family, I always say that, health. As long as I have my health, although I don't take care of my health, by the way, but <laughs> as long as you have a healthy life. But 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 try to, Tala. Yeah. If you, I mean, it's, it's very honest of you to say what you just did. Yeah. And if I didn't know you and feel like that you are a friend of mine, I wouldn't say what I did, but I think it's important that we do take care of our health. And and if we are conscious enough to know that we're not, then that's like half the battle. Yeah. You know, if someone smokes or doesn't work out enough or you know, maybe the food is an issue, um, maybe that's what's going to keep us healthy up until our last third of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much again. Thank you for having me. We did it. Yeah, finally. <laughs> yeah, you fly out tonight? I fly out tonight. Fuck you. To a health farm to take care of myself. To a health <laughs> farm. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, best of luck with everything. Thank you. Going forward. Don't forget to do it. <laughs> Don't forget to do it for sure. <laughs> Thanks, T. Thank you. All right.